This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. My name is Dustin Gold. This is pain.tv slash gold. And you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, episode 161, part six. Sorry, folks, didn't mean to get so dark on you there, but I don't know. These are the questions that come to mind when we're talking about this. This is the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. I had a crazy dream last night, actually. I I didn't get much sleep. Um, For some reason, Willie G kept waking up last night, and Maggie and I were in and out of sleep. It hasn't been like that much. He's he's been having like seven, eight-hour stretches of sleep. He doesn't sleep much during the day anymore either, so... He's kind of building a regular routine, but he kept waking up last night. And then this morning, he got up at about 4.30. He was whining. He sounds like a wild monkey. Uh, We're getting ready right at the point about to to move him from the the cradle into the crib in the nursery, uh, which may happen sooner rather than later (laughs) after last night. It was like a, a wild hyena. Uh, in there so i grabbed him at 4 30 i took him out in the living room i play with him i was flying around like superman and uh i do like uh, the whole sound effects show and stuff maybe one day i'll do it for you i do fireworks i do russia ukraine war i do this whole dj routine with him it's actually pretty funny and i finally got him to go back to sleep for a little bit while i fell asleep on the couch and then i grabbed him i thought he was sleeping i went back in the room he started freaking out again uh, maggie fed him and then the next thing you know, uh, he kind of half goes back to sleep. I wake up because he starts whining. Maggie's missing. I realize she's on the couch because uh, he was snoring or something. I realize it's only 12 minutes later. But I had this wild and crazy dream last night. It was pretty scary. And I was running around. All these different people throughout my life were in this dream. And this was not AI generated. It wasn't written by chat GPT. This was like in my head. This is human creativity. And all these people throughout my life were in this dream. And I was running around. Uh, You know, these dreams that kind of blend together. There's different scenes. You recognize them, but maybe it's your kitchen. But in the dream, it's not your kitchen. It's somebody else's kitchen. And then there's like a mansion we're at. It was familiar to me. But when I wake up, I realize I've never seen it before. And I'm at this huge, like, old sort of frat party, but it was boring because I don't drink anymore. That's all I was thinking. I'm like, God, if I was drunk, this would be a lot of fun, Uh, but I don't drink. So I'm running around, and I'm trying to find Willie, and uh, I wasn't there with Maggie. I I don't know in the dream where she was, but I know I was thinking she's going to be pissed at me because my sister had him. And then uh, the next thing you know, my sister comes back. She's like, oh, I handed them to Megan. 
And I'm just running around this street. I'm trying to chase down Megan. In my mind, it feels like hours. I'm running, trying to find Megan. Then I find this girl, Megan. It was a friend of my sister's. Megan doesn't have him. I'm flipping out. I get in a fight with Megan. Then I got to run over there. Then all of a sudden, my friend Mike from college was in it. And Mike brings me to this other guy we knew from college. It was a DJ. And he's like, he knows where he is. And he's like, no, he doesn't know where he is. And it's just this wild and crazy dream, folks, that I had. And so I didn't get much sleep last night. I, I realized that dream that in my head was like several hours was literally 15 minutes. My brain processed this and created this entire dream, right? So anyway, we didn't get much sleep. So hopefully... Tonight, we're going to get a little more sleep. I'm going to ask Glenda uh, what we could do to get more sleep. What do we do with Willie G? Do we leave him outside? No, I'm kidding, folks. <laughs> I'm kidding. He is, uh, he is a boatload of fun. He is a boatload of fun, and he is a break from this stuff, right? Because as I ended that last movement, it's so dark to think about the fact that your kids and your grandkids are going to have to grow up in this. Uh, not like generations in the past did not have other problems. You know, we grew up through 9-11. Uh, folks grew up through, you know, Vietnam. Folks grew up through World War II. The issue right now that makes this so scary, because I don't want to seem like to my kid, like, oh, there's dad talking about the good old days. The fact is now, with the advancements in technology, with the exponential growth of the data, of artificial intelligence, of technology in general, it becomes easier and easier for the same type of madmen that have ruled the people, the peasants, us, throughout history to do it at a faster rate and to do it in a much more effective manner. And it makes for the tyranny that they've always wanted to bring on us the full total control and power over all of us over humans and nature much easier and that's what makes it scary and i see so many folks just letting their kids fall into this trap of accepting technology and technocracy as a way of life as culture and it's sad to watch. It's sad to watch because I feel bad for those kids that I see in the shopping cart at the store. And the mom, who really doesn't know any better, just shoves a pacifier in their kid's mouth to shut it up and hands it an iPad. And, and I see that happen, and I feel bad for the kid. But I don't really feel that bad for that kid anymore. I feel bad for my kid because he's going to have to interact with these people. It's like us dealing with the Kens and the Karens and the NPCs and the mutants and the drones that are walking around amongst us. The people that Maria Albanese calls the anchors that drag us all down. Because if 50, 60, 70, 80% of people just walk right into line and take a jab in their arm and shove a Q-tip up in their brain and they don't question the system, they set the stage for the system to bully the rest of us into submission to socially engineer us into this trap. And that's unfortunately what I see Willie having to deal with 
in the future. Now, in the end, he may turn into one of these mutants. He may decide at 16, 17, 18, he wants to get a brain chip in his head. He may decide, hey, I like this world. Dad, you're just old school. You don't understand it. And maybe that will be the case. Maybe I'll just be some old dude who looks back at yesteryear as how we look at our parents or our grandparents. Of course, I've actually always been someone who considered myself to be an old soul. I was called an old soul by an old person once. They said, you're an old soul. And then many old people would say that to me. I liked hearing the stories from my grandparents, my great-grandparents that I grew up with. I liked hearing the stories from all the old folks at church. As I got older, in my 20s, all of my friends were 70 or 80. In my 30s, it was the same thing. All of my mentors were older. I saw them as wiser. I liked their stories about yesteryear. I never was one who really liked this idea of technology. I didn't even want to embrace it when I went to college for industrial design. I went there to become a sculptor and to work on old school makeup, special effects, you know, movie makeup. And once I got there and all of a sudden they started pushing Photoshop on me and CNC routers on me, all of these tools that I said, well, wait a second, wait a second. I would take these pictures with a film camera. And then I would manipulate them and film in the darkroom when I was printing them. I would use my hands to sculpt something and turn it into a three-dimensional shape, something that was in my head. I would use my hands to paint and to draw these characters. And now you want to take that away from me? Well, you're doing the same thing inside of the computer. It wasn't the same thing to me. Drawing something in a computer was completely different than me taking out my charcoal and sketching something. Sculpting the clay or using foam and a rasp to create something with my hands, to mix up fiberglass and to be able to coat this object and sand it down and bondo it and take a mold of it with silicone and fiberglass. I was doing it with my hands. I felt productive at the end of the day. I made something. I used energy. I burned calories. And then before you know it, I got absorbed into the system over the years. And I had my little marketing company, and I would sit in front of a computer. And I would do most of the design on the computer. I would send it off to a CNC router. I'd send it out to another company that would manufacture and fabricate it. And a lot of my friends that were in the design business ended up doing the same thing. You know, and that's unfortunately I see with AI coming, with this artificial intelligence that has arrived, but the advancements are coming and it will be embedded into everything and everyone will have a Glenda talking inside of their head. They no longer will have to do research. They're no longer going to have to think for themselves. They're no longer going to have to break out a piece of paper or even an old school calculator if you want to introduce technology and do the math. It's all going to be done for them. And unfortunately, this is what I see Willie G being up against, folks. And so I think this dream I had where I lost him, where I chased him around this big party with all these old friends, and some of the old folks I knew were in the dream too. It was weird. They were drinking at this party. But I think that's what the dream was about. I was thinking about it this morning when I was taking a shower. And I was saying, what the hell was that dream about? I think it's because I've been thinking a lot about this, about how he's going to grow up, how much of this stuff I have to shield him from, how much I have to explain to him, how much work it's going to be to turn him into a well-rounded adult that understands how to live off nature, 
but also make money inside of the system, how to avoid the system. Can he avoid the system? And so I think this dream where I lost him and I was chasing him around was that, that I lost him to the technocracy. So is this subject dark? It is dark, folks. It is dark. It's scary. It's a new place, a new place that I don't want to go to. And I don't think you do either. Unfortunately, I believe the vast majority of humans are being corralled into the cattle car and are being shipped off to the technological prisons that are being built all around us. And they're accepting it because it is now our culture. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't believe that we as humans, as individuals, even as a small collective in the Paniac community or the Gold Pillar community, which is smaller, I don't believe we can actually stop it. I don't believe we can stop it. I'm, I'm rolling the dice on being able to run from it. Even though sometimes in the back of my head, and this is what gets me down, but I don't show it because I don't want Maggie to see it. And I don't want Willie G to feel it. That's what gets me down is I don't believe truly yet that we can run from this system because it's ever expanding. It's this system of inclusion and they want to pull you in and they're going to enslave everyone inside of this electronic prison planet, ladies and gentlemen. When I get back, let's finish up this article so that tomorrow we can get into the nuts and bolts of chat GPT. I think breaking the stuff down and understanding it sometimes gives me solace because it tells me this is just a creation of humans. Maybe really bad humans, really evil humans, but this is not some supernatural force. It's not a black magic thing. This is created by humans. And what is created by humans can be destroyed by humans. So that is what gives me some hope. That is the white pill in all of this. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dust to Gold with the Dust to Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. My name is Dustin Gold. You are listening to pain.tv slash gold. And this is the Dustin Gold Standard. Yeah, folks, I, I think I do this and I'm interested in this because I've always wanted to fight corruption. I've always been about fighting corruption. I don't like people above us that try to take advantage of us. And I don't like power. I'm a punk rocker, folks. I don't like power. I like to challenge power. But at the same time, I'm a designer. I went to school for industrial design. And and back then, the meaning has changed a bit over the years. But back then, it was designing really the outer casing of products. And uh, in a sense, sometimes the user interfaces of the products and making a product ergonomic. So, for instance, if you took an iPhone, you have all the hardware and the software inside of it, and you have the screen and everything. But the industrial designer would design the look, the sleekness of it, how it fits in the hand. Uh, Certain versions of the iPhone fit better. Some do not. Certain models were great. Others are not. But that was the industrial designer. 
But as the industrial designer, I always knew there's other stuff inside there. I'm designing the case. What makes it pretty? What makes it a shiny object? What makes people want to buy it? You know, when they see it, they go, whoa, look at that thing. It's beautiful. Now, as long as it works, the engineers, the hardware designers and everything, they don't get much credit. It just has to work. You need to push the screen and it does what it says it's going to do. But the industrial designer makes it look pretty, makes it look beautiful, makes it look sleek. Like everyone was addicted to the Beats headphones because the industrial designer made them cool. Yes, they worked, but shit. Nobody really cares. They don't open it up and look inside. Well, I want to look inside. I see the shiny objects. I see the artificial intelligence. I see the smart cities. I see the smart poles. I see the technocracy. I see the culture of technology. I see the idea of a transhuman, of a posthuman. And I see the shiny object, and I know everyone is drawn to it. But I want to peel back that outer casing, that shell, and look and see what's truly inside so that you can understand what's inside. This is what it looks like. Chat GPT, Glenda, here it is, this shiny object. But inside is Peter Thiel. Inside is Elon Musk. Inside is DARPA. That's what fascinates me, folks. And I hope to continue to build And we're back to growing every day now. I hope to continue to build an audience of folks that are interested in this, in truly understanding what it is that we're living inside and how they're making it and what their goals are with it, right? So when you create that product, you know what that product is supposed to do. We want to know what this product, this technocracy is supposed to do. All right, let's finish up this article. So what makes us humans unique? We have witnessed supercomputers defeat the human champions of chess and Go games. Now artificial intelligence has arrived in the fields of which people are genuinely proud. Fields that revolve around creation, emotion, human interaction, artistic expression, and so on. This is a critical time when human beings need to think more deeply about where our wisdom comes from. Are our inspirations simply born? of accumulation of myriad data. AI and computers get their data from human input or via trawling the depths of seas of data. Do we, too, get our original ideas this way? Why do people get inspiration and creative ideas that seemingly have nothing to do with their prior experience and knowledge? The threat of artificial intelligence and supercomputers is not just about losing more jobs, and it goes beyond reducing human thinking capability. The fundamental threat of uncontrolled artificial intelligence technology is that it cuts off human beings' connection with our creator. Through technological advancement, human beings are constructing digital gods for people to worship. Using AI or robots to improve life Maybe the sweet side of this drug. But using artificial intelligence to replace human thinking is the darker side. Uh, There's a little more to this, but I want to comment there. I I think that is uh, beautifully written. Who knows? Maybe AI wrote it. But that's fantastic. Because as I told you several times now, technocracy in the form of uh, 
technology, all the technology that makes it up has become our culture. We've replaced our culture. We're replacing our creativity, our art, our literature with artificial intelligence and with technology. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, you can take uh, uh, another example. Take a Wall Street banker in a $5,000 Armani suit with $2,000 cufflinks and a $1,000 pair of shoes and a $300 haircut and a $400 tan and a $2,000 pair of Louis Vuitton sunglasses. And you send that guy down into a mud hut village somewhere in South America. And because they're going to connect those people up to the internet if they haven't been already, the common culture they share is technology. It's the phone in their pocket. It's the AR goggles. It's the VR goggles, whatever it may be. Their shared culture is technology. We worship technology. We are worshiping it. When I went over to Poland in July and August with my wife for, what, three and a half weeks, I didn't speak Polish. I was trying to learn a little bit of it. But what I realized when I was there, and this isn't the first time this happened in my life with being around a group of people that don't speak English, is I realized that I was able to communicate with my father-in-law, with my mother-in-law, and with everyone I met. Because as a human, we are the same. And if there's something that's so important that needs to be communicated to another human, I can do that through my facial expressions, through my body language, through our ability to pick things up and do it together. And I decided, you know what? I don't want to try to learn Polish. I'll pick up what I can when I'm listening to it. But I like this Charlie Chaplin thing. I like this ability to communicate. I actually was more at peace in Poland than I have been here in a long time. Why? Because everything else around me, I realized, was just chatter. It was just chit-chat. And I realized that it just sounded like the Charlie Brown voice of the teacher. And when something was so important that I had to network with and communicate with another human, we got it done. And that was whether when I was in the hills of Zacapana buying a piece of smoked cheese, or I went to this old school deli and i was able to buy different sausages and smoked bacons i could do it i could point i could do it with humans right but now you can stick an earbud in your ear that will real time transcribe and translate the language the magic is gone between the humans because we're allowing the artificial intelligence and the technology to replace that human interaction and as they say there we're worshiping it as a god this digital god we're constructing these digital gods. This is why I got into the discussions on the show with my friend Dan Golach, talk with Mark, a member of pain.tv slash gold, talk with Dana as well, who's a member of pain.tv slash gold, about this idea of a AI antichrist rising up. I've been doing more studying and research on that. I've got a couple other guests I'm trying to get on who have really thought this through. I wasn't the only one who came up with it. At the time, I I thought, wow, nobody came up with this. But I found a few other people that have given it deep thought. And this is where I see this going, folks. 
I told you at the beginning of the show, I'd give you my opinion. This is where I see it going. The unintended consequences of the AI is that it is allowing creatives and designers and writers to use it as a tool to maybe profit and make some money to help their design business. But the real goals of artificial intelligence are to dummy down humans and then replace them. It is quite obvious to me, anyone who wants to come on and debate that, the floor is open to you. But I think we are opening the door to this artificial intelligence antichrist, this God that we will replace all things good with. It's called artificial intelligence for a reason. It is fake. It is not real. But somehow, for some reason, people are willing to accept it as their superior. Rather than it being their inferior, it should be a tool of humans if it is going to exist. If we are going to truly coexist with technology in harmony, which I do not believe could be done, but if that is the goal, then AI needs to remain a tool of humans, not replace humans, not become a way of life. This article continues here. The pressing issue here is how to safeguard our human spirituality. How do we maintain our connection to the divine? Human beings are not just flesh and bones, like how a machine is simply composed of mechanical parts. The development of artificial intelligence technologies like chat GPT is the tipping point for a long-standing issue we've been facing, the disconnection with God and the true meaning of our human lives as we replace that connection. We're faced with a choice. Do we keep falling into this bottomless technological pit, or should we return to a traditional way where human beings maintain their connection with the divine? And I think it's very important. Will humans maintain their connection to the divine? Will they maintain their connection to other humans? Or will that no longer matter? Will people just walk around as literal eggplants with a chip in their head and have Glenda speak into it all day? They never know when to question Glenda. They don't put Glenda to work for them. They just accept it as the purveyor of reality and the ministry of truth. No longer do humans respect themselves as intelligent beings No longer do humans look at themselves as something special. We are just here. We just exist. We just float around. Like Deepak Chopra would say, it is all nothingness. We are just a collection of energy and none of it matters. Well, if you truly believe that, if you're going to embrace that school of thought, which will be the line that AI will give you when you ask it, the meaning of life, if you truly accept that, then you will be willing to allow artificial intelligence to replace you. This is very dangerous. We are here. The only people that can change this is you. By waking up your friends and your family, getting together in a homeschool-type environment and teaching your children about artificial intelligence and its purpose, which is to replace them, which is to take away their free will. If you allow that to happen, this is on no one but you. 
because the system is not going to stop growing. There is no one coming to save you, and the collective is not going to rise up against this. This will be fought on an individual basis. This is an ideological battle. Save your children and grandchildren first. Ladies and gentlemen, join me tomorrow. Episode 162. We're going to get into the inner workings of chat GPT. I ask you all to please leave a five-star review at Apple Podcasts and a comment, as I always do. Join us at pain.tv slash gold for less than $9 a month. And folks, uh, we just got the ad numbers in today. They come out once a month. I'll explain this to you. I told you I'd always be transparent. I knew January, because uh, it comes out uh, in February for January payment, I knew it was going to be rough because after Christmas, they sell the ads for cheaper. They don't give real-time ad reporting. So I have no idea all month how I'm doing. Well, anyway, they came out and they were atrocious. It was terrible. So if you folks want to pitch in, ladies and gentlemen, please do so if you get value from the show. Go over to DonorBox, D-O-N-O-R, DonorBox, B-O-X, dot org, slash Dustin Gold Show. You could chip in one-time donation. Think about making a monthly or weekly donation. We'd really appreciate it, folks. It'll go a long way. I think, as you can see, I dump my heart and soul into this show. I put in a lot of time to do the research. And I have plans, as I've explained here, stuff I'm working on every time the camera goes off. I'm not only editing the show and getting it out. I'm working on an expansion of this, a new call-in show. Everything involves time and money. So please think about pitching in because the public side ads are just not going to cut it, folks. I've got to be able to put food on the table here. Uh, I hate to have to do it, but if you get value from this show, then please, you know, pitch in, ladies and gentlemen. This is a community. I don't mind doing this for you because I'm doing it for myself and my son as well. But uh, it would be nice if you folks could pitch in. Thank you very much. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion... at pain.tv slash gold.